Yesterday he had a funeral. Angie Dominguez, Richard of his parents, 1957, never married. And the list of things he did was phenomenal. I'm sure we buried saints. The church is packed. People stood up in testimony of how she changed their lives, her unconditional love for everyone in the family, her encouragement, and her witness. She helped build many of the organizations of this church, and in addition, worked with Franciscan sisters and formed a lay missionary group that spread throughout the world. As a single person, she did great good in the kingdom of God. That was her vocation. Also, we do have a need, and it is a great joy to be a religious sister, a religious brother, or a priest. And just like King David was a shepherd and ministered to the sheep, one of the ways shepherds ministered is they used olive oil to tend to the wounds of the sheep. And it is in the church that we use olive oil, blessed, that is the sacrament. Sacraments of anointing before baptism, sacraments of anointing and confirmation, sacraments of the sick, and of course the sacraments of baptism and Eucharist are administered to give divine life, Jesus truly present to us in this church. And it is truly a fulfilling vocation. A little different, but when you are doing and responding to whatever God calls you to do, that is the greatest joy. So, a vocation can be one of these three states, but I really think, as I talk about vocation, that's a big step. If you're a young person, but also even older persons must make these discernments. But the way to truly find your call in life, your mission, and your vocation is really a series of much shorter, smaller steps, day by day. And this gospel gives us a beautiful example. It says, Jesus is the shepherd, and he calls each one of us by name, and he leads us to fullness of life. The best definition of a vocation is your mission or purpose in life, responding to God's will, because God who created us knows us even better than ourselves, calls us by name. That's kind of what that means. And He knows what actions, what ways of living, what decisions will lead to the fullness of life for us. What's fullness of life? Filled with great joy something that makes you feel fully alive to the maximum extent. And it's been my experience in life that we as humans don't really know what that is. Right? Think about it. You go out into a field or into the world to try to forge a path. There are infinite number of possibilities. How can you possibly know the right way to go? Wouldn't it be great if you had a guide? So Jesus is our guide. He knows us by name. And we're invited to follow him. If Jesus is the shepherd, kind of makes us sheep, right? You guys, how do you feel about being called a sheep? It's not flattering. Sheep are known to be stupid. But you know, I did a little reading, and most animal doctors say sheep are not stupid. But they do have a strong herding instinct. And 
so what happens is when one starts going in a particular direction and the flock is there, they all follow. And if that one goes in the wrong direction, they all follow. And it's hard to change the path once they get going. That's in my experience, life's a little bit like that. It's easy to take a few wrong turns in life, and then it's hard sometimes to change that course. But with God, all things are possible. So what can happen with sheep, I'm told, is that, you know, you've heard it said maybe that they can just follow each other off a cliff. It really isn't what's happening. What's happening is when the first person, or the first sheep, makes the wrong decision and comes up to the cliff, they recognize this mistake, and they say, oh, well, better stop. I don't know what sheep really say anyway. But what's happening is all the rest of the sheep are from behind them, following, push them over the edge. I don't know about you, but in my life, I've had a few experiences that I won't share with you, <laughs> where I came to a point where I'm with a crowd, my buddies, and recognized we were starting to do something wrong, but it was too late to stop. And so life can be like this. And so it's important from early on to try to listen to that good shepherd who wants to lead us to path of fullness of life, not take us down a dead-end road. Even though if we are, we can always change the concise. So the key to finding our mission or purpose or vocation in life really is to be able to hear that voice of Jesus. And that is done, I believe, mostly through daily prayer. On Wednesday nights, we are having a group of uh, five Wednesday nights where we have 150 people coming to learn how to follow Jesus, the Good Shepherd, better through daily prayer, especially the Scriptures. This practice is essential. God does want to lead us, but you know what's really important? God also gives us free will, and God won't force Himself upon us. We are not robots, and so if you really want to follow the Good Shepherd and hear His voice, one of the first steps is you have to constantly give God permission to guide you and say, I am the sheep. Lord Jesus, please guide me. Help me to know the ways I should walk. Then another key element is to realize that God does try to guide us, but we're never going to hear, I don't think, it's not been my experience, my life or people I talk to. God's voice isn't so clear that I must do this. Because again, God is testing our free will. And He wants what we do to be a gift, freely given, not a gift He's demanding. And so an essential part of finding God's will is to take a risk. You know, the Good Shepherd, they say, not only leads to the front, but sometimes he goes behind and hits the sheep. Sometimes when the sheep start to go off the path, hits them to the left, from the left to the right, or from the right to the left. We have to try to discern what God is calling us to do, but then step out in faith with some uncertainty and do it. And maybe fail. Because that's one of the greatest ways God really does teach us to let him go. And so we discern the best we can. We take a step in faith. 
try something, come back in prayer and discern how that went. Did it feel good? Did I enjoy it? Did it give me life? I should keep doing more of it. Was it a terrible failure and it really wasn't something that I was really called to? Let's try something different. And in that trying something different, God often leads us. Even the people who aren't religious, who are very successful in life, say, I heard, I think it was Michael Jordan, why is he so, why was he so successful? It was a long time ago, I know he's been Because I failed so many times. Failure is one of the great ways we learn to choose. So, taking that risk, but calculated risk, but stepping outside of our comfort zone, seeing what happens when God leads us. I've heard other stories of where someone might have chosen, for example, to go to college, and although what they studied or going to college isn't something that they felt really helped them, they ended up leading their spouse to change their lives. I've gone on retreats that were miserable retreats, but then I met somebody who told me something else that sent me in a good direction. So, that's just one of the ways that God really inspires us. So, in general, finding that mission and call, that vocation in our life, is day by day, listening to God's voice, stepping out in faith, evaluating the results, and making adjustments. And over time, God leads us in ways that lead us to the fullness of God. Here's a better definition, I think, of a vocation. A vocation, our mission in life, really has three steps. The first step is love God and love neighbor. That is overlooked when we talk about vocation. See, I can be in a dead-end job that I hate, but if I'm really loving God and loving people, I can be a huge impact. And my ministry can be how I relate to people at my workplace, or in my family, or in my marriage, wherever it is. I love God and I love others because I have called to do great good that way. But then the third step, our individual vocation, is how do our gifts and talents make the world a better place according to God's eyes. God already gave us a lot of clues to our mission in life and our vocation. He gave us talents and gifts, and it's fun to use them. So we want to use them in ways that are meaningful to build up the world. And so through a prayerful decision in our lives, a prayerful discernment, we can apply our gifts and talents to help build up the world according to God's eyes and make the world a better place. That, for me, is the best definition of a vocation. Love God, love neighbor. How do my gifts and talents build up the world and make it a better place? We must ask God to guide us as He made us choose to. And we must take risks and prayerfully discern and evaluate and change the direction that God will lead us. And so, as Chris said this Sunday, we'll all encourage to find our vocation, to keep on the path, and to smarter than that stupid fool. Listen to our Savior, our Good Shepherd, who wants to guide us. Even if we don't do God's will, Thomas Merton has a famous quote, my desire 